Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 404 of Longbox Heroes. I'm Todd, joined with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? The internet taught me things this week, Todd. Did it really? Yes. Uh, while I do hate most things, the internet taught me two things that are directly related to each other. Okay. I don't like to spend money on myself. That's a, that's the thing you have to get over. Okay. But I discovered this game, uh, this PC game called Rogue Legacy. Okay. Uh, kind of like a side-scroller sort of thing. Uh, if you're familiar listeners with rogue-like games, that's what this is. Uh, and it just went on sale on Steam for $3. Ooh. So I thought to myself, I'm worth $3, right? Yes. So I'm playing the game. I have my controller playing the game. And when you map the controller to the game, it shows you all the different things that you can map. The one thing that you can't map to your controller is the pause. You can't pause or unpause it from your controller. So I had to use the internet to find out how to pause and unpause the game. Mm -hmm. Then, what I thought was unrelated at the time, my screensaver stopped working, which is just a cycle of every picture that we have on the computer of my son. Wasn't Mm -hmm. coming up. Wasn't coming up. Why is this, why is this not working? So I run it through the internet, ask the internet, how come this ain't working? They say, oh, here's like six different things that you could do. Number one is do this. Number two is do this. Number three is, have you plugged in new USB devices recently? Those could be causing the problem. Unplug them and restart your computer and it should work. And that's what it was. My USB controller that I plugged in to play my Rogue Legacy game was making my screensaver not work. Hmm, that sucks. And the internet told me how to fix both problems. That's good. Mm-hmm. And for $3 for that game, you can't even buy a pizza for that, so that's pretty good. Oh. What? What do we have to talk about in the show <laughs> this week, Todd? Um, in the news, we have who's selling comics now, who's mad about it, and why they might be doing a Degeneration X-type invasion because of it. Is the answer to all three of those questions everyone? Yes, that is, so we can move on from there. And also, uh, masterpieces that are marvelous might be in the cards. <laughs> that was a good one. Um, we have con news. Fire your writers. <laughs> I'm, Todd, you're fired. <laughs> Free digital books and sales. What we read last week, which was Tony Stark, Iron Man number one, and Batman 49. What we're looking forward to next week, um, Todd's Art Attack. And also, at the end of the episode, we will have spoiler-filled talk of the latest episode of Cloak and Dagger, which I almost said the other thing. Cloak and Dagger is the show. I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, he's not going to say the other thing, is he? <laughs> no. Cloak and Dagger. All right. So, uh, big news that came out last week uh, was starting soon, uh, starting, I guess, at the beginning of July, mm-hmm. you are going to be able to buy special... 100-page giant editions of DC Comics at your local Walmart stores. 
Right. Now, these are mostly reprinted material uh, featuring Batman, featuring Superman, uh, featuring the Teen Titans, uh, Justice League, of course, you got your big properties, Teen Titans get included in there because they uh, have the movie coming out at the end of July, but then uh, in each of them, there's going to be a brand new story uh, in each of the books. The... Uh, Justice League is going to have a brand new Wonder Woman story by Tim Seeley. The Teen Titans is going to have uh, an original story by Dan Jurgens. The Superman one is going to have a uh, original story by Jimmy Palmiotti and Tom Durenick on art chores. Really? I wonder if anybody knew about that, but go ahead. Mm, UK Fabin so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Batman's going to have an all-new feature uh, by Jimmy Palmiotti as well. Now, as mentioned, this is mostly reprinted material in here. Uh, price to move at four ninety nine, hundred page giants, etc. But I guess it's going to be like a year experiment that they're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Walmart's, I guess Todd. Before we get into the second half of this news story, right? Oh, and I, my apologies. So, um, also included in there is going to be uh, a twelve part Superman story by Tom King and a twelve part Batman story by Brian Michael Bendis. The um, those parts don't start until September, so I think this might be going longer than twelve uh, a year. Right, from what I understand, so it's twelve pages a month of new stuff. So then, there because I know I know definitely, I think it's just one twenty four page or uh, twenty four page for the Palmiotti story and Tom Durenick or whatever, and then they'll have new stuff as it comes out. So and this will be the first Brian Michael Bendis Batman story at DC and Tom King. Who, well, he's done a Superman story in both Batman and one in the in Action One Thousand. This will be his first, you know, continued story in uh, in it. Um, I what were you asking me now, John? I'm sorry. What are your thoughts on all this, Todd? I'm split because I had a discussion with the bass player at our local comic shop and he's like, you know, works in the retail business and I look at it as it's good and bad. This is one of those things where I don't have a hot take and in our, in our industry, Joel, of podcasting, you have to have a hot take and you have to have one side or the other. But this is one of those where I live in a very gray world. I'm, you know, I look at things in a very gray way. It's neither black nor white a lot. I think this is great. In that the hundred pagers will be at Walmart. It's kind of like the newsstand. They have three thousand stores in in the country. That's great. It gets people, gets comics in the hands of people who normally wouldn't get comics and don't go to comic shops. Now, I also see the argument of retailers saying, "Hey, it's the first Brian Michael Bendis Batman story and a Tom King." Like these would be huge numbers at uh, our comic shop if. We had these stories that came out. Now, I know that uh, the bassist was telling me at the comic shop that they, these will be reprinted. That he talked, they talked to DC um, and, or their rep or whatever, and they will be reprinted, but they don't know when. And he was like, it was like, when it's over. And I'm like, and that's not a fair answer. And I was like, well, Matt, well, what if, what if they're different length stories so they can't give you when they'll be done? You know what I mean? Like, it's a fair answer if this is four parts and this is six parts. We can't say all of it will be available whenever. 
Um, so you'll get it when the stories are over, maybe the next previews. Then, according to Jimmy Palmiotti, you're getting an exclusive cover because when you get the 100 pages, there's like, oh, here's on Batman, here's the Jim Lee Hush story uh, picture because that's going to, you know, sell or whatever. So they're going to get exclusive covers. But then I see the argument, well, uh, true people are going to want their first appearance and the reprint isn't going to be the first appearance. If they create a Harley Quinn in the, in the hundred pages from Walmart, the official first appearance is in those hundred pages. So it kind of hurts sales. Are you going to get the, the people with the diehards? I, I don't know. This is, I see this as good for the industry as getting comics into the hands, but I see it being a ding for retailers, but then I heard Jimmy Palmiotti say, you know, it's it's 12 pages a month of new stuff. It's not like, you know, this is all comics are going to Walmart and uh, you're, you know, you're, you're going to lose your business, but then that's Walmart's game is to knock the mom and pop stores out by getting, like, will they get comics in? I don't know. It's I know I've talked a lot and really said nothing, but I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to play out, if that makes any sense. My short answer is I'm with Jimmy Palmiotti on this one. In that, mm. these are not the same, but the, not the same exact thing, but we're talking like the same sport as when you would go to your big box stores and you would buy the three-pack of random comics. Mm-hmm. Here is stock that we can't sell anywhere else. We put them in a three-pack, we price them to move, and there's a way to move product out of our things. But that's the business side of things, but on the personal side of things, I'm sure there's dozens of people who are listening to this show, and people that don't listen to the show that you and I both know, that their first comic or comics was that three-pack at a Walmart or a Kmart or what have you. A James mm. Way, a Hills, you know, you. whatever your local store was. But now, isn't that different, Joe? It, okay, like, it, it's different because it's it's, it's overstock. Same idea because these. And again, I, we're going to get to it with the the original material. If these were one hundred pages, one hundred pages of reprint, absolutely no new material in them, I don't mm -hmm. think people would care. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. However. I would like to read a Tom King's Superman story. I would like to read a Brian Michael Bendis Batman story. Are these crucial to me that I'm going to go and hunt all these out? No, but I think I'm an outlier when it comes to this sort of thing. You inform me that you've got the inside track that this stuff is going to get reprinted and sold in stores anyway. These things were never earmarked to be sold at, at uh, box stores, actual comic book stores. And it's not like this was like, hey... Uh, we're going to give these to sell just so that retailers have something extra. Now that we have this exclusive material, we're going to take it away. This was never theirs to begin with. Mm -hmm. So you can't be like, oh man, I can't believe that. Uh, I can't believe I don't have that car. Well, that wasn't your car to begin with. It's not like you were promised this car, you signed the paperwork for this car, and then all of a sudden they just say, no, the car's going somewhere else. This, mm -hmm. These stories, these whatever they are, as far as we know were being made just for this project, and the retailers will get them eventually. Right. Now, on the flip side, if the day comes when Walmart starts having that dedicated, you can get all your books at Walmart, then I might be singing a different tune. Right, These, but I could... Right now, no big deal. For me, at least, 
I'm okay. When I take my kid to Walmart to go get his Pokemon cards, if I see one of these there, I'll flip through it. If it's the one with the original story, I might grab it. Or I might not. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. Now let me ask. Let me play devil's advocate and ask you a question. Say tomorrow, mm-hmm. Walmart decided to start dabbling in super secret science. They do. Or Cinnabon. Well, now, okay. uh, well, I'm just using this as an example. Super secret science, but go what? ahead. But they, they, do you know what I'm saying? Like, as a retailer, I can understand why they would be nervous. Because it's, it's, it's them going, all right, we're getting brand new content. Great. It's only 12 pages, so I can get it. And I could do, I could do this conversation all day, honestly. Because it is Tom King and Brian Michael Bendis. Brian Michael Bendis is first Batman story. How do you think that would sell at a comic shop? Huge. Probably so, pretty will well. It, right. So, then you have the diehards who only want the first printing. They don't want weird. So it's a weird niche audience. So that 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 affects retailers. But what a retailer is going to worry about is the the they have enough they have enough obstacles in their way that is this going to is the new customers that people are gonna gonna bring in from these from these hundred pagers going to outweigh the people who, you know, who are going to spend. Now, they're going to spend money instead of going to the comic shop. They may want these these books, so they, they go buy something else there. You only have so much in your budget. And then does it does it get bigger, like you said? Like, I can understand why retailers would be worried a little bit. Now, I, I totally get it. The other thing is I want to say um, everybody knows Walmart. Not Mm -hmm. everyone knows their local comic book shop. Right. DC is in the business of making money and selling product. If they could sell their... like, Okay, so there was just recently a story, and obviously we're talking exclusive content, we're talking about some of the biggest names, and so on and so forth. If I went to Walmart right now, and I asked every single person in there, name the person who's currently writing Superman for DC Comics and the person who's writing... Batman for DC Comics, I don't think many of them would know the answer to that. Mm -hmm. But where I'm going with that is, didn't Barnes & Nobles just recently announce that they are going to start selling, you know, exclusive, you know, trade paperbacks or whatever it is again? And you don't see, like, they've always been doing it, but Barnes & Nobles made a concerted effort to no longer carry single issues, only to do trade paperbacks and now they're supposedly doing like exclusive versions of certain trade paperbacks with the big companies i haven't heard anything about that the only thing i heard the the reason you don't hear anything about that is because that's not that big of a deal it's this i think is being blown up into a bigger deal than it is because walmart is the evil empire now granted when in the next 12 months uh, when World Wrestling Entertainment wipes out every single indie promotion in not only the, not only the United States but also in the UK, and all of the independent wrestling promotions that I know and love are all rebranded NXT blank, which definitely isn't happening in the near future. When that happens, am I going to be upset? I don't know. That's a different little little bit of a different perspective because as long as some of, some of my friends are making money. You know, I'll be okay if they decide to go do that way. And, you know, when everything is owned by one big giant conglomerate that, 
you know, kind of shines a light on the more smaller punk rock sort of things that they get to hang out and, you know, be the outlaws sort of thing. Because it gives you something bigger to rebel against. But what if in these hundred pagers, on the back page, the front page, the inside front cover, there's the thing that says, hey, do you want more of this? Go to DCComics.com or here's that 1-800-COMIC-BOOK thing and find your local retailer. That would be great. That would totally be awesome. Okay. Um, but now I just want to use that whole NXT thing that you're talking about. Definitely not going to happen, by the way. Just definitely not going to happen. We're just yeah, just hypothetical. Spitball. Todd. We're spitball. Yeah, yeah. Just spitball. Now I don't have any. That's all great. You're like you're not worried about it. You're not upset. Blah blah blah. Your friends make money. Now, if you owned a wrestling company, you might be thinking a little different. Now, it, now, okay. See, that's that, that's the thing. Like we. I'm looking big picture. I, like I said, I'm, tr- I'm trying to understand, and I understand that it's hard enough to make your bones in this industry as a, as a, as a brick and mortar comic shop. But like you said, it's and I don't think uh, it is Walmart. It is part Walmart, but it is the formula. Tom King, Brian Michael Bendis. If it had been Tim Seeley and just Tim Seeley and and even Jimmy Palmiotti to a lesser extent, but like. Brian Michael Bendis and Tom King are the two, like, you might as well just throw Jeff Johns in there and have the three biggest names in comics right now writing exclusive stuff that we can't get, as a retailer, can't get right now and have to wait for. Like, I get it, and I don't, do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know I do. what but, it is, but I, I'm, I see all sides is what I'm trying to say. I see all sides. I'm not going to dismiss a retailer for saying, uh, and then somebody going, oh, it's only 12 pages. Well, you don't own a comic shop. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all I'm trying to say. It's like, I know I'm vague and I'm, I'm very wishy-washy, but I see all sides in this. And I think it's bigger than people realize than just taking a stand and going, it's this. It's more than that. So if, there wasn't new material by Bendis or new material by Tom King, this wouldn't be that big of a deal? Yes. Totally not this big of a deal. Okay. Or you don't Do believe Do you me. think that these would sell more or less to Joe Q. Walmart with those names or without those names on the cover? I think they will sell exactly the same with Joe Schmo from Buffalo mm-hmm. as Tom King selling a comic at Walmart. Do, you know what I mean? Maybe a bit more because comic fans might, with Tom King, might go hunt them out because they want them. Right. But if you take the the re, the, 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 the the comic fan who goes to comic shops out of the equation... They're going to sell just the same whether you have a nobody writer on it or one of the biggest writers in creation. The only thing it affects is what they would have sold if I had that story as an issue of a comic at I as at a comic shop. That's what they say. They look, I would have sold a hundred of those, but now you know how many will I sell as a reprint? So we'll see. But go ahead. So I can get into more about the wrestling analogy. Mm-hmm. With just, you know, as you mentioned, of course, um, you know, and again, these are hypotheticals, no basis in reality for the things that I'm saying. Um, as you say, maybe there's people that I know that run wrestling promotions. 
mm-hmm. maybe the maybe running the wrestling promotion is so tough on them that they can't scrape together $3,000 a month for rent and they have to sell all their baseball jerseys. Again, hypothetical. Maybe it's better that person's not running wrestling promotions anymore. Or maybe when World Wrestling Entertainment comes a-calling and they buy the guy out, he can quit his day job because WWE put him on the payroll. Again, hypothetical. Imaginary tales. <laughs> These are things that could happen, or maybe not happen, or already happening, and we just don't know about it yet. But I'm just saying, just like you're a little bit closer, like we're both friends with Tom, of course, and he's in the comic book industry, and we're both friends with Dave, who runs our local comic book shop. But we're not at that point yet. All this is, is a hundred-page giant that in two to three months is going to have 12 pages of new material that is eventually going to come for sale in the retail shops in a much nicer, smaller package that is going to be much more easily digestible by that retailer's core audience. Mm -hmm. And even further still, if you're going to Walmart to buy... <laughs> books to be graded 9.8 CGC. I think I don't. I think those are going to come far and few between. What are you going to say next that the GameStop Spinner Rack comics aren't going to be mint, mint on mint? The games at GameStop aren't mint on mint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Todd, we've we've gone on quite a bit about this thing. Uh, I, I assume nobody else uh, in the greater Northeast New York area are upset about this happening, are they? I can't imagine. Oh, except for those people that don't have Walmarts near them. Okay. That's so, I, I guess it appears uh, that there's uh, groups of retailers that are going to descend on their local Walmarts to wipe out the stock. And then drive up the prices. I guess. Which, and again, this is not our retailer, but I think the retailers do this in the long run are doing more of a disservice to the entirety of the comic book industry than doing good for the comic book industry. Just for a record, I know for a fact our retailer probably won't do this. Here's a little thing that you might not know about a retailer is he's never bought anything at walmart in the history of his life really he will not even set foot in walmart more power to him man i'm just saying he's a bigger he's a bigger man than i now will the bassist go into walmart (laughs) i don't know i don't know i'm just saying i don't know but i know dave will not set foot in a walmart okay he and I are going to have a discussion today. What? I said he and I are going to have a discussion today. Okay. But yes, I, I see how it could gum up the works. Make, by doing that, I could see you making everybody unhappy. Right. Except for the Joe Schmo from Buffaloes, because will they even know that, will they even care if they get there and the box is empty? Do you know what I mean? Right. I don't know. It's, I should get paid more. Because this is above my pay grade. Okay. Oh, and I see here that the books are actually... The new stuff is coming out twice a month. Yes. I thought it was monthly. It's twice a month. Uh, Yes, twice a month. And uh, that's 12 pages. um, uh, uh, So 24 pages a month. It's almost like a comic. So, And I think Tom told me he did two issues with Palmiotti. So that would be like... 
two whole, not two 12 page issues, but two 24 page issues, I think. Okay. So we'll have to figure all that out. Yeah. Uh, so the other bit of news and, uh, kind of scraping here for news, but I, I only bring this up cause you and I, Todd, uh, are old comic book fans and we remember the days of trading card sets. Right. And it appears as though trading cards, and we're also, we remember Marvel Masterworks. Ooh, sweet, the first couple Marvel Masterworks. Right. And then they kind of combined the two, the trading cards and the Marvel Masterworks into the Marvel Masterpieces, which was like one artist or a collection, or like it'd be like all Alex Ross stuff, or all like this one guy, right? Mm-hmm. Because so, that's what the original Marvel Masterworks were. Weren't they all the... Ju- uh, Joe Jusco. Joe Jusco, right? Right. So it appears as though Upper Deck in conjunction with Marvel are bringing those back and having Simon Benanchi, uh do a 135-card trading card set. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the trading card market looks like to be doing a project like this, Todd. I don't know either, and I don't know how many trading card companies Marvel owns anymore. I remember when they had them all, almost. Well, I think it was because they owned them. Like, those, the trading card companies and Toy Biz owned Marvel. Mm -hmm. And then when Marvel came back, they bought those companies out. Right. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I, and I just know that whole boxes of cards are ridiculously expensive these days. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, you got chase cards, you got one and whatevers, you got oil hologram, whatever. I don't know. So I can't imagine it being a cheap hobby. But if you know, I, I'm still interested in, in in sets of cards, but I don't know. It would take so much from my comic buying. I got to go to Walmart and comic shops now. I don't have money for 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 cards. But if I did, I would start a whole new Twitter and call it Todd's Card Attack. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and just like tweet out a card every every couple of days. Now I will say this: so I like Simon Bonanci's art, not one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, I know who the number one on your list would be, but who's the number two on your list? That would be the one to create an entire trading card set that you'd be like, "All right, now I'm in." Who would be number one? Oh, you know who <laughs> number one would be. Right, uh, just honestly, after the... I don't want to mention his name, because it, it's like tearing a Band-Aid off very slowly when you say this right. person's name. It's like saying Voldemort's name. Um, I would say... Phil from Chicago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say, ooh, Diodato might be able to get me to buy a, a, a card set. Right. Diodato's up there. Uh, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm thinking about it. Uh, Perez... But in this prime, I don't know, Perez is getting a little older. I don't know, who for you? I I would like new like I would if they did like a new art Scotty Young set. That would be cool. Not just like a repurposing of all of his covers that he's already done. Right. Um I would like a Scott Collins one. I really like Scott Collins' stuff. Oh, Scott Collins is good. But I don't think Scott Collins has the same like oom for punch. That would you know who? like move a trading card set, you know? You know who I just thought of would, would be good? Hmm. Fiona Staples. Fiona Staples would be a good one. Yes, yes. I I the more I like, see of her like stuff, just like poof, I can imagine. Only imagine what she can do. Hmm. 
That's a good question. Right. It's just, I, I, you know, you, we're both old trading card guys from back in the day. Just no matter what one they do just for me, I hope it's done with the same quality and paper stock <laughs> as the McFarlane Spider-Man ones. <laughs> I love when we find when we found that box of cards at the shop that, that, that he had. And we're just like looking at the sets and like the, the different qualities or whatever. Oh, that was so good. Good times. Now I want to go through my card sets. Well, Create t- I, I did Todd's that a while attack. ago. Do you could you could tweet these out from Todd's art attack? I don't know. I and might create a whole new no Twitter. So now we're up to now we're up to six Twitter accounts: Roker the Joker, Todd's art attack, Hexecutions, Todd's card attack, Words. Uh, what's the other <laughs> one that you have? <laughs> Joe Sposto. <laughs> and you have access to Longbox Heroes and soon to be named Network. Well, I have access to Longbox Heroes. You don't have uh, soon to be named network? No, I don't know. If, I never got the, uh, the the password for that one. I think that password was sent in the same email that has the password for longboxheroes.com. I don't even know how to get on the website. <laughs> well, that's why only a select few have the access to soon to be named network.com or soon to be named network.com. Uh, .tumblr.com, the behind-the-scenes part to get the shows up there. You, anyone in the world listening, can go find out all the shows in our fancy little network of shows at soon-to-be-named-network.com, whether it be this show, uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark, which I can tell you here in advance is going to be a doozy this week, uh, oh, Podvocacy, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Arguments, Everlasting Minute, and any time any of the other shows under the umbrella decide to peek their head out to see if it's still raining, we'll put the show up on the site. Or if anyone else that we know from these other shows end up on other shows that aren't part of the network, and as long as they remind me or have access to the site, they can put it up there themselves. Just know soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com is your catch all, be all, stop all for all the greatest in podcasting that exists. Mm-hmm. The other day I went searching and I was sad that uh, Studebaker has wiped all of Dad's distractions from the internet. Or did you not pay the upkeep on that? I had no access to the upkeep on that. Uh, it was probably in the same email for the soon-to-be-named network. <laughs> I wish it was. I would have. I was uh, all excited to post out a bunch of the stuff on Father's Day as a celebration of Father's Day. Like, oh, here's all these fun podcasts that me and Studebaker did back in the day. Wiped from existence. That's right. Just like, uh, was it, uh, uh... Three Guys from Nowhere? No, no, those, uh, those are still out there, I think, somewhere. No, they are not. It, we, that's why we always joke, release the tapes every once in a while. I know I have the, don't we have, like, the first 12 or something? I've never found them anywhere online. Oh, I have a bunch of them. I have them all. I have all 40, I think we have. Okay. But I don't know... If like finding them online, I don't think they exist anymore. Low road to moral success. Oh, the one that uh, me and uh, Redacted did back in the day. <laughs> I gotta be careful. Oof. The company you, never, you keep, Joe. You never know. You never know who listens to podcasts these days. You never know. But you, uh, it was just a segue, so we could talk about that as we were, you know, the the websites and the podcasts and everything, of course. But if you're looking for card sets, you could probably pick up card sets from back in the day, cheap at your local comic book conventions. And there's a bunch of conventions happening this weekend with a plethora of guests, Todd. And I know we've been straying away 
from what's the one that you would most want to go to. So let's run them all down here, some of the more notable ones. Uh, out in Albuquerque, New Mexico, is the Duke City Comic Con. Uh, not uh, The biggest name guest that I saw on their list was uh, director of Slither and the Guardians of the Galaxy films, Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> and star of a past... Uh, soon-to-be-named movie project, Dirk Benedict, is going to be at that convention. <laughs> if you can ask him what the, the budget for Spectrox was on <laughs> Body Slam, let me know. Yeah, yeah, listen, I know Battlestar Galactica, I know A-Team, whatever. What what was Billy Barty really like? <laughs> <laughs> How hard was it to get him to say that? Uh, another convention happening is the Comic Con, with two N's, because it's happening in... Mash and Tucket, Connecticut, mm. which sounds like where they're filming the latest season of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, some of the notable folks that are going to be at that one are Mouth of the South Jimmy Hart, uh, Booker's T, uh, Kane Hodder, not to be confused with Kane. And actually, that's more than likely where they ripped off the name for Kane of Hellfire and Brimstone Kane. Uh, Kane Hodder, who played Jason in a few of the Friday the 13th movies, mm -hmm. uh, but also star of Adventures of Ford Fairlane, Robert England is going to be at that convention as well. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, also this weekend is the Amazing Comic Con in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, this is your more comic booky convention one. Uh, you got the big guns here, Todd. The aforementioned Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. The aforementioned Scotty Young. Uh, Ron Lim. Neil Adams. Kevin Eastman. Uh, Jim Starlin. Jason Aaron. Rob Liefeld. Heavy hitters, Todd. Mm -hmm. If you're more looking for the media guests, you've got the Fanboy Expo in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, you've got... Uh, William Zabka, a.k.a. Sensei Lawrence, <laughs> along with Zolo Maridunia. And again, I know you're going to say you don't know who that is, but he played Miguel, the new lead in the Cobra Kai series on uh, YouTube Red. So that's the watched. new Mark photo to get, Miguel and Sensei Lawrence. Okay. Vinny Vincent is also going to be at that one. Whoa. Lou Diamond Phillips. Renegade. Cassandra Peterson is going to be there. Who's Cassandra Peterson? Is that Elvira? That's Elvira, Mistress of the Dark Time. Wow. She looks as good today as she did back then, man. She does. Uh, and she keeps teasing that she's going to do a podcast. She has a <gasps> comic book coming out soon. I would listen to an Elvira podcast. I'm just saying. Maybe we can get her on the episode. Maybe we get her part of the soon-to-be-named network. Oh. We can give her access to the Twitter account. I bet you she'll keep that email. Mm-hmm. But, Todd, I know you, as big as anyone, know the rich history that Knoxville, Tennessee has when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. <sighs> and some of the greatest luminaries in the world of wrestling are going to be at Fanboy Expo this weekend, Todd. The Nasty Boys, Brian Knobs and Jerry Sags, are going to be there. The Rock and Roll Express, uh, Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson. Magnum Ta, not to be confused with Magnum T.A. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, without his dragon, is going to be there. 
I like Bru- it. You beat me to it. Brutus the something barber beefcake is going to be there. But Todd, the the photo op of all photo ops this weekend. I know there's four of them when they put those fingers up, but this weekend there's five. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, J.J. Dillon, and Charlotte's grandfather are all going to be there doing the big bad photo op. You know what? Who cares? Is Social Outcast going to be there? No. Then I don't care. And neither is the B team, unfortunately. Mm. Now I know me. I'm picking because I'm I, I'm going more for the, the 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 Mark photos with the wrestlers, of course. Uh, I'm gonna guess that you would and and Cassandra Peterson, so I could chew the ear of uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. I'm <laughs> guessing the one that you would be going to would be the Amazing Con. Uh, one, because it's more of the comic book lean, and also it's Las Vegas, and you need to get in a lot of trouble. Oh, Vegas, definitely. As I as I use uh, my one joke when it comes to casino comic cons, I just want to take an expensive comic, like, say, Amazing Fantasy 15, and take it to the blackjack table and make get two Amazing Fantasy 15s out of it. <laughs> I don't think that's how gambling works, Todd. Mm, gambler. Now, I will say this as I'm looking at the... Now, I didn't mention everyone who's going to be at Fanboy Expo, Todd. Of course you didn't. Because there are th- there are four different prize packs, of course, four. Uh, <laughs> well, we're going to spend a little bit more time on this than I would have liked. But Ugh. that's okay. It's worth it. It's going to be worth it. It's not like we're running long anyway. Right. There's three top-tier pri- uh, photo packs, right? Where mm-hmm. you pay a large amount of money to get your picture taken with multiple people. One, of course, is the Four Horsemen with manager J.J. Dillon. What's that, like 25 bucks? We'll get to that. The other one uh, is from the cast of E.T., D. Wallace, Robert McNaughton, Henry Thomas, and C. Thomas Howell. We'll come back to C. Thomas Howell later. <laughs> okay. The other one is the Backstreet Boys one. Where you get your picture taken with Nick Carter, Howie D, and AJ McLean. I don't know who any of those people are. I don't think that's all of them, though. Well, those are the ones that are going to be there. Alright. So you got your four people from E.T., you got your three people from the Backstreet Boys, and you got your five people from the Four Horsemen. Again, just because it's five people, how all three of those packages are the same price. Oof. That's got... Oof. 100 bucks. $303. And $3? Yes. If you had said 300 even, I'm in. But for 303 not not doing it. And I think I think where your money is is the uh, Sensei Lawrence and Miguel photo op at 78 bucks. Mm-hmm. And then I think the solo shot with uh, C. Thomas Howell, uh, just so, because I, I want to take C. Thomas Howell aside and I want to talk to him about what he was thinking when he decided to make the movie Soul Man. What? That, was that, you think that's a movie that wouldn't fly today? <laughs> Todd, it didn't fly then. What? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, my heart, Todd. So, Wasn't that a... Movie? What, what did he play? A shoe cobbler? He would put the no, bottom. You're of... thinking of the Adam Sandler movie, The Cobbler. 
Oh, okay. I just like he he re, he re put soles on the bottom of shoes, right? That was what it was about. Soul man. No. No, I can't make okay. jokes about that, Todd. I okay. Who's asking? So all the links to that will be over in the show notes, as will the links to the digital sales and freebies. Of course, all the freebie or all the freebies are still the same. All the sale holdovers from the previous weeks are in there. The new sales that are in there is Marvel is having a sale on all of their Ultimates books, and this looks to be a pretty thorough collection of all of the Ultimate stuff, going all the way, all the way back to the very beginning, and even some of those weird ancillary mini series that they did, like Ultimate Vision. And Ultimate Daredevil and Electra are all included <laughs> in the sale. Okay. So I'm I I say kudos to you for including everything, even some of the clunkers in there. Clunkers. Mm-hmm. Now uh, the other sale that's going on is the Dark Alleys of the DCU. Now me being <laughs> dumb dumb that I originally am when I grabbed the link, and I'm like the Dark Alleys of the DCU. What's what's going on here? So this is kind of like a mix of your horror-themed folks and your dark, you know, your shadowy-type figures from the DC Universe. Uh, This is a pretty good sale looking at stuff that's included in this. Um, uh, You know, Swamp Thing is in there. All of the Alan Moore Swamp Thing is in there. Um, The Jeff Lemire Animal Man from the New 52 is in there. Uh, we talked last week about how good John Constantine was. Uh, well, you can get, like, the trades for, like, six bucks a piece. Um, just trying to think of some of the other stuff that's in here. Uh, Doom Patrol stuff, magic stuff, uh, Dead Man stuff, Blackest Night is thrown in here. And in a rarity, Todd, there's Batman stuff included in here. And Year One and Dark Knight Returns are not included in it. Wow. So I hope somebody got fired for that oversight. Or maybe they're waiting for the big sale of just that stuff. Maybe. Uh, But I will say, if you're looking for something different, something a little off-kilter, something that we've brought up before on the show, um, two things. One, uh, Batman the Black Mirror. Uh, One of the better Batman stories from the uh, last several years. Mm -hmm. And a red-letter favorite of Todd's, from the new 52, I Vampire. I loved I Vampire. Did not go. get the price it deserved. Included in the sale, you can get the entire run, which was, I don't know however long it lasted, for 18 bucks. I wonder if it has the crossover, the two crossover issues, or the one crossover. What did it cross over with? It was one of the, one of the image books that, that, uh, what was the, what was the one that Martian Manhunter was on in the new 52? Do you remember? Stormwatch? Yes, I think it crossed over with Stormwatch. Now, it claims that there was two issues of Justice League Dark that it crossed over with that are included in this in the trades. Okay, maybe that was but it. But the then. Stormwatch stuff, if it was there, is not included in this. Then it was probably Justice League Dark. My mistake. Uh, but yeah, it ends up being, what, 22 issues of a comic book for 18 bucks. That's not a bad deal. No, it's not. So, like I said, all the stuff for that will be in the show notes, all the links. Todd, let's get into books we read from this past week. Would you like me to start because you talk so much? I did. I do. Please. Mm, I think we're married now. Um, I'm going to start with the book we were both looking forward to most, Tony Stark, Iron Man, written by Dan Slott and art by 
Valerio Chate. So you could say it has Chate art. Um, basically, this is uh, it starts out with Iron uh, a flashback to Iron Man when he was a child, a prodig- prodigal child, at a soccer robot thing, and he's with someone called Tony. I'm gonna say, is it Hong? I don't know how to say his last name. Be Hong. I don't know, but it's a new character that he beat thoroughly with his robotics at this thing. And we jump forward to present day and Tony goes to him that he's restarting his company and he wants him to join up because he thought he had some great ideas and he's working out of his garage and he thinks he can, you know, he he can bring something to the table. So he's the first new character that we meet. And then we also meet uh, Bethany Cabe, the head of security. I don't know if she's a, an original character, but I think she's new. Like I, I've never heard of her before. And also we meet uh, Jocasta, who's a, who's a past character. She's a part of the group. So that's your main cluster of people. And Tony's giving the the tour of the new Stark industries and, you know, how things are going to work. And while this is going on, they get a three F alert. And that turns out to be that Fing Fang Foom is attacking. And I'm gl- I love the fact that you have a, a code for that, for a Fing Fang Foom attack. Um, so Tony suits up, but he has a, like, giant Keiju robot fighting suit that he's using. And he goes out, and through a course of events, the guy he, he brought on, the new guy, helps. And we're, we're getting into, like, what may have triggered Fing Fang Foom to attack, because it doesn't seem like his M.O., um, I enjoyed this issue, Dan Slott's first issue of Iron Man. I really liked it. I wish it was a little slower paced early on until you got to the action. I think Dan Slott just like a machine gun you with uh, with stuff, just like joke after joke after joke and information after informa- after information after information. I would have liked to maybe be eased into a little it a little bit better so I could get my footing of what was going on. But by the end, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I liked all the characters. I liked the, the, the twist of the villain that it is and who he's got helping him and the way he's got helping them. Overall, I, I really like this first issue of Iron Man. I'm, I'm happy with it. I personally thought this was a great first issue. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that has gone on with Tony over the last several years... Whether it be uh, when he was a jerk for no reason and they just kind of stopped that story before it had a, uh, a finite conclusion. Uh, him dying in Civil War Two, him coming back to life, being put in the coma, uh, all the Doctor Doom stuff, all the Riri Williams stuff, all of that stuff. Eh, maybe it's mentioned, maybe it's kind of glossed over a little bit. Clean slate, let's bring you right in. Here's a bit of a red herring, because the way they draw the rival at the beginning, they want you to make you think that that's Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, nope, that's not Tony Stark. This younger kid is Tony Stark. The thing that we establish that he used to win the robot soccer league gimmick in the beginning is how they win in the end. We have our point of view character, who's brought into this whole crazy world of Tony Stark, where all of this stuff is normal to him. 
Tony Stark, but he needs it explained to the new guy who's coming in, us, the reader for this. That's how they explain the new status quo to you. They introduce you to all the new characters. They have a giant battle with a recognizable kind of cult favorite type character in Fin Fang Foom. Then we get a bit of a cliffhanger at the end. I thought this was a perfect number one issue. My only wish for this was that something like this was coming out in conjunction with a named Iron Man movie. Right, because we always talk about how they... You have this new number one that's a perfect jumping on point for someone who's never read an Iron Man book and only knows Tony Stark from the movies. Granted, this is not Tony Stark from the movies, but you don't have to worry about all the other baggage of all the other Tony Stark stories. Get right into the action. Get right into the fun. They explain everything to you in the first issue, and they give you a cliffhanger. You like what you read before. The cliffhanger's enough to pull you in. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You, you you don't feel like you wasted your money, even though all the new Marvel number ones are like five six dollars each. Right. I, like I said, I enjoyed it too. So. Mm-hmm. So the other book that we both read uh, was issue forty nine of Batman, uh, written by Tom King, who's getting too much play in this episode, uh, with art by Mikkel Janine. Not so much of the Batman issue, more of a Catwoman Joker issue. Less of a fight between the two, and more of them laying on the ground, about to <laughs> die, talking to each other. Mm-hmm. If that sounds not good to you, then you have not been reading Tom King comic books up to this point. Right. I loved this issue. I thought it was great. Uh, I liked the stuff that they give you with the Joker, the relationship with him and Catwoman, and I know... Tom King is not doing the Catwoman book that's coming out next month, but I felt as though if there was ever a backdoor pilot for the Catwoman book, it's this issue. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm with you. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Once again, uh, Tom King is laying down information that maybe makes you think that the wedding won't happen when the Joker's like basically saying, well, you know... You make him happy, and what? what's the one thing that can defeat a Batman? It's happiness, and there's this whole thing, like, and they discussed their past about how, like, in the past she never really laughed at anything and, and, and how that plays out as it goes on when maybe she gets the joke. And we, I, we've been talking about this book for many, 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 many issues, and the, the wedding is the next issue. I have no idea what's going to happen. That's such a good thing, Joe. Like, like too many like writers like telegraph where they're going, and you can figure it all out. He's literally played so many cards that I, I don't know anymore. Like, could you know the Catwoman book? She did. You know the solicit says she's going to be off doing this in another city. Doesn't mean they don't get married. Like Tom King could and and uh, uh, the 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 Catwoman you know creators and everything could be pulling a fast one on us. I don't know. I'm so happy that I don't know that this is, it makes it such a great book. I agree with, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hate when people say a story is predictable. Mm -hmm. If a story is predictable, it may not have been the most exciting thing, but that means the storyteller told the story they wanted to tell. They gave Mm -hmm. you all the pieces this is where I'm going with the story, and then when it gets to the end of the story, that's where they went. 
I hate when there's a nonsensical swerve in a book. Where, say, for months and months and months, you build up a marriage between two characters, and then all of a sudden, at the last minute, you just decided to marry off two other characters for no real reason or explanation other than that those two characters are more like than the other two characters. Mm-hmm. What Tom King and DC Marketing have done with the Batman-Catwoman stuff is they've built it up over several months. I said on this show, way back when this relationship began, I didn't like it. Tom King, through the story that he told in the Batman books, made me like the Batman-Catwoman relationship, which made me think at that time, before all this marriage stuff was announced, that they're not going to stay together. It's going to end poorly. Here we are, Todd, a week away from the marriage (laughs) issue and the debut of Catwoman number one. DC has done everything in their power to make us, the readers of this book, have no idea what's coming up next. But I'm sure, no matter what way it goes, the trails are both there. Or however many different ways it could go. That the trail is there. Whatever way they decide to go, I don't feel it's going to be a snap judgment. I don't feel like it's going to be an out-of-nowhere surprise. If they get married, the pieces are there. If they don't get married, the pieces are there. If some other third weird thing happens, I'm sure they'll show us where the pieces are are that got us to that point as well now it's a matter of of what newspaper is going to ruin it for everybody well that's i think why dc's doing the midnight sale for this one i i agree i totally agree and uh i don't know i i don't know and just on a sidetrack that whole what if you know there was a whole other they don't get married and two other characters get married Mm -hmm. that happened in the in the x-men book spoiler alert Um, well we talked we did that like spoiler at the way way end of last week's episode right but somebody talked to me about that this week and said how much bigger do you think that would have been for sales if they announced the couple that it was gambit and rogue Do, do you know what i mean like don't you think that would have been a bigger wedding and sold more if it was announced earlier the only I mean, not way up that I against... think it could have been worse mm-hmm. is if they finally put Gambit in the Marvel Puzzle Quest game and then changed all of his powers to make him better and then changed his powers again and made him worse. Okay, that would be terrible. That anyway. would be possibly the worst thing that ever happened. Okay. Or or who cares? It's a game. Move on. <sighs> No, but I get you. If they had announced this months ahead of time and the buildup was for Gambit and Rogue instead of Kitty and Colossus, I think Marvel might have made money. Right. That's all. And when did comics become a business? Next week it becomes a business. When uh, Walmart and the Batman wedding issue? Yes. Okay, just making sure. Put it on your calendars, folks. All right, so... That's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around 5.30 Eastern Time or so, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them mailed to your home, however it is that you get your books, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out. And be prepared. Now, the two things that Todd and I are attempting to do for the calendar year 2018, one is the thing that we always do, which is guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I currently have a two correct guess lead over Todd. The lead that Todd has over me that I will never catch up with unless I decide to buy a boat 
is <laughs> how much money. Unless, yeah, unless Dave decides to put a boat up for sale and I buy that boat. The bat boat. The bat boat. Is uh, how much money uh, we have spent on comics in the calendar year 2018. Of course, less bags and backs. And uh, like I said, Todd is a commanding lead on me over this. Uh, I am going to guess. Well, you started the show, so you have to guess first. My apologies. Right. Um, Is the book you're looking forward to most Killer Be Killed 20, the end of the uh, Brubaker story? Uh, of course, it's Killer Be Killed number 20, the finale that snuck up on me that other people had to point out to me, uh, of the Ed Brubaker, Sean Phillips masterpiece. There I said it, masterpiece. Um, I can't wait for this issue to come out. From the time that I read issue one to whatever the last issue of this book would be, I've been waiting for this moment since that time, and that moment is here. Mm-hmm. Kill or be killed number 20. I'm excited. I can't wait. That's a, I got one. Yay. If I didn't have a podcast to edit after we were done doing this podcast, I would read this book. <laughs> uh, I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is also Kill or Be Killed number 20 as well. I think you like this book just as much as I do, if not slightly less. Yes, it is also Kill or Be Killed number 20. Yay. The good guys win. I'm, I'm the good guys in this equation. <sighs> so that stays as is. I need to keep that open. Uh, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check around at all the other stuff that Todd and I have ever done on the internet regarding comics. It all exists over there, longboxheroes.com. Uh, if you would like to see uh, a shirt or a sticker or a pin with our fancy logo on it, you could buy that in a little store button. Uh, right underneath the giant banner uh, for our podcast. And then above that banner is yet another banner that gets you to the little-known website called Amazon. I'm not sh- This is me telling you that Amazon exists. Amazon sells almost everything in the world, except our pins, our stickers, and our shirts. Anything else that you want, you could buy from Amazon. Since... Part of their advertising is me telling you that Amazon exists. I have done my due diligence. Their due diligence is is to give us part of whatever you buy from their fine website. Some of the notable purchases from that fine website this past week uh, by our listeners include the film Glengarry Glen Ross. Love that, that scene. What's my name? Oh, you can't say that. No, I can't, but that is a great line. Uh, someone also purchased The Plant Paradox, The Hidden Dangers in Healthy Foods That Cause Disease in Weight Gain, both in print and the audiobook version of this. That way, when they're driving, they can finish where they left off from the I book. Yes. Uh, someone also purchased a 24-piece postcard set of vintage covers of the Heavy Metal Magazine. Ooh. Uh, someone also purchased a super fancy backpack uh, that has a built-in USB charging port. Cool. Backpack is cool. If you had that as like a man purse, then we're talking. Mm. And someone also purchased the Snug brand kids earmuffs in pink. 
Uh, that's a great purchase if you have your, if you have a kid going to a loud sporting event like Monster Jam or Monster Trucks or anything with giant trucks. Uh, I recommend those, uh, highly. My kid has a pair of green ones, uh, the pink ones work. I'm sure they work just the same, no matter what color they are, but maybe you should test them out and buy more from our, uh, click through. But I thought the pink ones were just for women, Joe. Oh, Todd, you can't have those sort of outdated modalities in 2017 or whatever year this is. Mm, well, at least, you know, they're get women are getting the, 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 the quieter potato chips now these days, so it's all good. <laughs> so that's, uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? Yes, we did. Uh, the only person who contributed this week was Euronymous, the Cal Ripken of Todd's Art Attack. I'll explain to him who Cal Ripken is. Right. Um, and this week he sent in a Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, um, which looks like a Justice League layout for something. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure, but he said he got it, you know, and it was the best bang for his buck kind of a deal, and it was at a con. So he met Jose, who was at our shop one time doing sketches. Fantastic gentleman, love, lovely man. Um, pretty nice. You can't go right, wrong with him. He was pretty much the look of all products from DC for like 40 years. Just the man to go to. And he's an older gentleman, so the fact that he could still do that sort of stuff at that quality, I think, speaks volumes for uh, how good he actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so thanks to Euronymous for, of course, contributing something to Todd's Art Attack. If you have some fancy art that you've done yourself, you've picked up recently at a convention, had commissioned, or even done yourself, uh, tweet at us, make sure to tag Todd's Art Attack in it, and we'll share your cool artwork with the rest of the world. Yay! So I think the last bit of business that we have here is Cloak and Dagger stuff, right? Yep, the latest episode of Cloak and Dagger. All right, so if you haven't watched Cloak and Dagger, don't care about Cloak and Dagger, don't want to be spoiled by Cloak and Dagger, we bid you adieu. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you all here next week. Now let's get into some Cloak and Dagger discussion. So, more information of Tandy and Tyrone finding about it, uh, finding out about each other, them having the meeting where they explain to each other that they saw those other realities of each other. And we discover that right now what their powers can do, Tyrone with a touch can see kind of the dark side of what's inside you, where Tandy can see the hopes that you have. Mm -hmm. What you want to happen good in the world. This makes them both kind of go down different paths where Tyrone decides he needs to confront that cop, which is the ongoing story, the, the cop that killed his brother where Tandy decides not to be so much of a jerk uh, and decides to help Greg, the guy who's dating her mother, uh, on the case that he's working on regarding the death of her father and rocks and chemicals. Right. And my favorite part of this episode was that, was getting to know uh, the lawyer who's dating uh, Dagger's mom, Tandy's mom, um, because I ended up actually really liking that character where you just thought he was a dirtbag, you know, partying, um, he had vices and he was, he's married, but as you get to go and she has the visions that he's, he legitimately likes the mom and he's helping her and everything. And then you find out that he gets, well, Tandy's watching him. She, he, he gets killed by somebody 
who probably doesn't want him looking into Roxxon. Um, and legitimately, I was like, oh, like this character, I was just coming to like this character and, and interesting. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to miss that. The, the, the Tyrone trying to get uh, into the, uh, was this him trying to, yes, it was him trying to get into the police department by faking the stolen bike. And then his father takes him to the gang that he was in, I guess. I'm not sure how that works. Like if it was an actual gang or a group or whatever, but he starts, you know, telling them what they are and how they have this, this bead work that they do to, to, to make these, uh, out, like, close things that, that express their, their, their inner whatever. And he goes into the room of failed ones and he finds which the cloak cloak. That's gotta be what it's going to be. Um, and it looks so much like the thing from, from the comics. So right there, I marked out about how awesome that looked. And I want to see him in that because it, it looks fantastic. Um, and the other thing that we learned is they cannot touch because explosions happen, uh, cloak and dagger. But, and then on top of that, you have them discussing, um, like, you know, uh, that, yeah, obviously that Tandy doesn't understand Tyrone's world because she's white and he, she's like, well, not everything, you know, is, is rosy on my end and they get into race stuff, which, you know, is the, is the, if there's any, TV, superhero TV show that should have that. It's Cloak and Dagger, which it was just riddled throughout the comic over the years, but they couldn't do as much back then because it was like, I oh, just get to them punching, you know, supervillains. So, uh, like I said, I, I enjoy this, this episode ish, but now I want get me to him in the, in the cloak outfit, whatever dagger's gonna wear, and let's fight some villains. Right. That's, again, my only part is I know we're gonna get to that part. Uh, of them in costumes fighting villains or fighting something, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not going to say I'm 100% on board, but I'm somewhat on board with they need to close out these parts of their personal lives before they can come together as a team. I'm right. assuming that's the thing that's keeping them apart. That when they touch, because whatever that thing is inside of them from their past that they need to close the door on, Tyrone with his brother, Tandy with their father, once those cases are closed, then they can finally touch and come together. And I'm sure they'll be apart once those two things are closed and they touch and they don't have the big explosion where they both get knocked back. Right. And I think it has something to do with the the running thing of they say when you have that much hate in your heart, Mm -hmm. it's like a poison. And that's what it is. It's their, like you said, it's totally that. It's their hate building up and poisoning their whole existence. And they need to purge that before they can go forward. So I totally believe, I I totally believe that. But I do want to see Cloak in that outfit. Oh my God, that looks so cool. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't do a ton of snooping around and looking for this sort of stuff. Have the images of them in their costumes leaked online anywhere yet? Not that I've seen. Okay. If you as a listener of the show know if it has, don't tweet it to us or tell us where to find it. Just tell us, yes, we've seen what they look like in costume. Right. Because one, if they have shown what it is, then I've got to double down on my not looking for it. Mm -hmm. If they haven't, I'm shocked that Marvel has done such a good job of not releasing that that footage or that it's image the, or that whatever. 
It's the Batman wedding of <laughs> Marvel TV shows. Uh, it's not too far off, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I've really been enjoying the show. I, I get a pleasant surprise, uh, like Krypton more so far. I agree. I think Krypton's been better, but also I think Cloak and Dagger is more teenage problems and that's like we're way past that do you know what i mean so you know do you know what i'm trying to say yeah both like, shows it, still have the same amount of uh incidental swearing though oh that is true they got to get their s words in right not as many as deadpool has so they got to step it up i don't know what that is what <laughs> uh anyway i think that's all I think we've covered everything that we need to for this week. I agree. All right. So uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Closing out episode 404 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Boop! You almost forgot, didn't you? I was going to say that after I was letting it go for a little bit. For shame. I'm the one who's punch drunk because it's late, not you. Well, it's after midnight, Joe. Oh, boy. Suck it. That made me laugh. Shameful. Shameful. Stop tweeting during the show. I'm done. Now oh, I need look, to stop recording. This is all being left in, by the way. Look look who's talking. I could tell when you're tweeting. Mm-hmm. I could definitely tell because I'm like, he didn't hear a word I said for, for eight seconds. And I look, and I see, and I'm like, oh, look, he was talking with words there for a second. So don't you yell at me, son. All right. Show's over for real now. Mm Mm-hmm.